Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell. I'm David Thomas Lynch. And on this episode, we are commemorating 20 years of Mario Golf Toadstool Tour with its long overdue, much desired, I I don't know, spotlight episode. I'm sure somebody out there has been desperately waiting for us to do the spotlight episode on Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, even my co-host, David Thomas Lynch, is thrilled by the prospect. No, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, and we're going to get into this, but Mario Golf Toadstool Tour is a very important game for Donkey Kong fans. And I think Donkey Kong fans of a certain vintage, meaning old, <laughs> meaning meaning those of us who were cognizant enough to be playing this game when it came out, will always appreciate this. We'll always put it on, not a toadstool, a pedestal, because of what it did for our fandom. But here at DK Vine, we've always loved this game. And throughout the years, and I was talking about this with you, David, right before we went live and, and started recording this, I feel like DK Vine, around the time we launched the site through the first five to ten years or so of the site's existence, Mario Golf was revered by not just the staff, but also the community. And somewhere along the way, people just stopped caring. And I... I, I feel like I'm, you know, the, the old out of touch, you know, elderly person now. But yeah, I, I realize like even amongst the staff, even amongst the usual band of co-hosts, I was like, who, who am I going to get to be my Mario Golf Total Tour co-host? I don't think anybody cares enough to do this. And David, I, I know you. You 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 are a treasure trove of arcade knowledge, especially as it pertains to DK Vine. And so I, I was like, I, I think David's my best option, but I also realized David's probably my only option. And I want to thank you, David, for still being on staff <laughs> after all of these years <laughs> to to uh, talk about Mario Golf with me because the uh, the younger staffers just don't care. Yeah, well, I actually don't have a working GameCube at the moment, but, you know, I guess NewGuard never had a GameCube, so I guess I got that on them. That's surprising, considering how sturdy the GameCube is. You know, like, obviously, like, I've gone through Xboxes like they were toilet paper through the years, but but my GameCube, it, it still functions. Like, most of my Nintendo consoles, I think, all of them are still functional, Um with, with the proper tender love and care. So, uh, sorry about your GameCube. Well, actually, uh, but, uh, basement got flooded eight, ages ago and, uh, yeah, the GameCube went with it. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so the GameCube. I think there's a Wii somewhere in my parents' house, though. Does the GameCube float? I've always wanted to know. Probably. 
Probably. Well, well, and I mean, it's got the vents in it, so it'd probably yeah pick yeah. up water in there. Well, yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, David, but uh, hopefully, doing this episode will transport you back to when your GameCube worked, which will be just as good as playing it. Uh, before we get started, normally I don't front load a spotlight episode with due diligence, but I have to. I have to plug one thing before we get started because it is applicable it is apropos it would be a dereliction of duty were i not to plug our congo canopy t-shirt which is available right now on our merchandise store at dkbind.com forward slash merchandise it's a t public storefront don't let that scare you uh congo canopy that's right it's a t-shirt based on the flag of beloved Donkey Kong Island golf course, Congo Canopy, as seen in the hit Nintendo GameCube game, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. This is probably the only Congo Canopy merchandise that has ever been made, official or no, and it'll probably be the only Congo Canopy merchandise that will ever be made. Unless a bunch of uh, bots are listening and they decide to make their own. This will be the only human-crafted Congo Canopy merchandise ever made. Not of course, to T-Public. Yeah, of course the AI will rip us off eventually and T-Public will say, See, I, I knew you were bots, but no. Uh, basically, I, I just recreated the Congo Canopy flag design from, from hand, like from the ground up. Just, just remade it and... Uh, that then um i probably got a little bit too clever and a half with it i, I could have just done that but i had to have congo canopy country club on there and then because of that i, I put it in the caddyshack font and i also put it in the donkey kong country style gradient uh you know, the, the, the country gradient from the original logo so the it, like I said, I, I I overdid it, but I really like it. It's a really nice shirt. I've got it right now on my supple body. I don't know why I was creepy with it just now. I'm sorry, but it's a lovely shirt. If you do like Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, go ahead and buy it. And people will think, wow, this motherfucker <laughs> belongs to a country club. I hate them. DKBun.com forward slash merchandise. David, Mario Golf Total Tour is 20 years old. How does that make you feel? Well, I'm 37, so uh, that's even older. I, I you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm basically right there with you. A little, little bit beyond that at this point. So, I actually didn't know your age, David. So, uh, I'm glad we can go to physical therapy together in a few years. Um uh, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour was, of course, the second of Camelot Software Planning's console Mario Golf games. Their third altogether when you include Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color, another DJ. Wasn't there like another sequel to Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color that was only released in Japan? It was like uh, Mobile Golf. It was only released in Japan. It, It really, like... I think the bulk of the roster, I think it had Mario characters in it, but the bulk of the roster was just Camelot's brand of made-up 
human weirdos. But yeah, it was only available in Japan and never saw release outside of Japan. So I always forget about it. And it's also not branded as a Mario Golf game. So it, it just tends to get lost in the conversation, conversation even. So that does exist, but you're right. But for all intents and purposes, gl- globally speaking, this is their third altogether. Um, and it was released on the Nintendo GameCube, actually first in the Americas, believe it or not. That's one thing that took me off guard when I was doing my 20th anniversary post for this game back at the end of July, because it came out July 28th, 2003 in the Americas. And normally whenever there's a 20th anniversary, of course it's, the, the the release date in the Americas that's lodged in my head because that's what I experienced first. But, you know, usually, as is the case, it was released in Japan first. And so, you know, people will always be posting on social media, oh, it's the 20th anniversary of this. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's like a half a year away. And I look it up, oh, it came out in Japan then. Okay, well, I didn't know that. I didn't experience that. But, yeah, Toadstool Tour was released in the Americas first. First, July 28th, 2003. It was followed shortly thereafter in Japan on September 5th, 2003. It was released in Oceania, Australia, New Zealand, February 11th, 2004. And then nearly an entire year after it was first released in the Americas, Europe got it June 18th, 2004, which seems egregiously late to get this game and i you know i i I think of like the gamecube as really the dawn of like the the modern age of nintendo for all intents and purposes but it's so bizarre to me that they were having such a wide gulf between their international release dates so yeah if you're wondering why we're doing the 19th anniversary or the 20th anniversary when it's only the 19th anniversary. Well, that's why. Yeah, you might be a European. I thought you were going to do a Jeff Foxworthy thing there. But. Oh, no, no. I was just thinking some Europeans might be legitimately confused as to why we're doing. Is that is that what all these calls are about? <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, we just got one call from the one person who cares enough to call in for Mario Golf Total Tour. No, we, we have a wide international audience here at DK Vine and on the conversation. So, you know, I, I do like to clarify that even though I'm speaking from my perspective and David, you're speaking from your perspective and we live like two states away. So they're pretty similar perspectives. Uh, we, we are acknowledging that, yeah, like... For you, it may not be the 20th anniversary of Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Nonetheless, we are celebrating it. Now, Toadstool Tour was announced very early in the GameCube's lifespan. I can't even remember. what Was it announced before the GameCube was even out here in the Americas? It, it, it was definitely, I, I think it was 2001. Um, and Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe a little bit after that, but I I think it was pre-buyout. It was definitely pre-buyout, pre-rare buyout. So it it was during that time where we were really looking forward to all of these games that had been announced at E3 2001, including Donkey Kong Racing. You know, Star Fox Adventures was like the big immediate thing we were all hungry for. 
And I remember DK Vine, this very early proto DK Vine, had really already hit its threshold with cameo games, which is our designation for, you know, mostly Mario games that Donkey Kong appears in as a playable or guest character. And even yeah, though we, you know, how many Mario Party games can you come on? Three, really? Three, three across two years. I mean, what, what does it think it is? The Donkey Kong Country trilogy? Stop, stop. But e- even Camelot, like we, we enjoyed Mario Golf for the N64 and we really enjoyed Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color. But I, I think E3 2001 was a legitimate turning point for us because we were already getting a little tired of Mario Party because of the annual releases. And I think we were actively starting to dread any so-called shoehorned appearance of Rare's Donkey Kong in a Mario game. We already played Mario Golf. What else can you do with the golf game? We just, well, yeah. Like and that- obviously we're going to keep playing our Nintendo 64s forever. Well, I mean, but that that was a consideration because Mario Golf came out, you know, mid to late 1999, right before Donkey Kong 64. And 2001, still only two years removed from it. Like, it, it still felt too recent. Like, oh, we're just getting a Mario Golf with better graphics. That what, That's what it felt like at the time. And when you factor in, ha- like, just the bounty of Rare's Donkey Kong titles that that had been announced uh like three donkey kong games and well i mean two donkey kong games and a diddy kong game donkey kong racing donkey kong coconut crackers diddy kong pilot plus you also had the you know spin-off games like banjo kazooie grunty's revenge star fox adventures so there was just so much being promised from rare which, of course, is where 98% of our attention always was. And so to say, oh, yeah, and here's a Mario game that you have to buy because Donkey Kong did it. It was starting to wear a little thin at, at that point. And so I remember when Total Tour was announced, I made a news image, like uh, an image for the news post for it. Where it was just, it was taking the screenshot that I guess was run by IGN or whatever and just repurposing the clouds so the clouds read, fuck no. So, so the characters would be looking up on this golf course and it, it would just be me basically shaking my fist at the clouds and making them say swear because I, 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 I was done. I, I was like, this doesn't hold my interest anymore. I hate that they're putting Donkey Kong in these games because I don't know if you heard, but we're getting Donkey Kong Racing. And um, Donkey Kong Coconut Crackers. Donkey Kong Coconut. I was jazzed about Donkey Kong Coconut Crackers. You can laugh all you want. I think it all worked out for the better, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I, t- I was also looking forward to uh, cracking some coconuts. You know, we, we, we got a better iteration with It's Mr. Pants, but just the promise that we were getting... Basically what Mario has, but for Donkey Kong. Like, okay, Donkey Kong is going to have all of these other games where you can really expand the world or celebrate the characters in a way that just goes beyond platforming games. And and so like, we, we were really excited. This was a really exciting time 
to be a Donkey Kong fan. And then to have this golf game over here. Oh, oh, and Donkey Kong's going to be in this GameCube golf game. I wasn't excited. I, 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 I was just like, I was like, this is frustrating because, ugh, <laughs> because Rare is doing all of this. Donkey Kong is thriving as a series, and you expect me to buy the next Mario Golf game? I'm done with Mario Golf. We did this. But I'll tell you what. Once the buyout happened, and we lost all of that, or or it became repurposed as other things, some of which we loved very much, Donkey Kong entered a period... I see, I see Gibbon is in a live stream and she might disagree with me, but Donkey Kong kind of entered a period of brand confusion in a way that I don't think it's really operated under since 2010 and Donkey Kong Country Returns. But post buyout, we really had a, a period of about seven to eight years where the Donkey Kong series was kind of being everything and anything. Right, we we were getting all of these games that were all kind of talking over each other rather than in concert with each other, and meanwhile, the the cultural milieu of, of people loving Donkey Kong Country had shifted, and all of a sudden we were in the aughts, and people were frosting their tips, and people didn't like Donkey Kong country anymore people turned on rare we were very defensive as a fandom and so i i think that made dk vine but especially made me start to view some of the cameo games a bit differently not all cameo games i still had a vendetta against mario party for a long time but definitely mario golf and especially once we actually started getting concrete details on what Mario Golf for the GameCube was going to be, I started to shift my perspective. And I think Toadstool Tour definitely was the game that kind of tipped the scales and made Mario Golf DK Vine's favorite cameo game series for a good solid decade or more. Definitely made Camelot our favorite cameo game developers for, for a long time. Uh, Toadstool Tour was terrific. And it did so many right things, in my opinion. D- David, what, 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 broadly speaking, what are your opinions on Toadstool Tour? Uh, is, is, is that what we're supposed to be talking about for the next three hours? No, we're, we're um, not going to go three hours today. We, we, we're, all, we're only going to play nine holes today, David. But like, like, just, just broadly speak, like, you don't have to get into like, this is what you like about it. This is what you dislike. But how do you feel? Because I, I hear I am lauding it. But how do you feel? Yeah, I thought it was a great sequel to Mario Golf. Definitely felt more Mario than the, you know, the game where you just play a normal golf course with like Sunny and Plum and Charlie. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. That there's there's good and there's bad. Yeah, that's it. I do kind of miss those weird normal characters. Yeah, we'll 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 take some time to mourn the weird normal characters in a bit. Like for me, Toadstool Tour ticks so many boxes that that Mario Golf for the N sixty four didn't necessarily do, and, and it's weird for me because normally 
Nine times out of ten, you would expect me to gravitate towards the N64 game thanks to the power of childhood nostalgia, whereas the GameCube was when I was becoming an awkward adult. And so much of my life is not something I find myself yearning for like, around that time. But yeah, Toad Soul Tour just did so many right things. And I, I want to, like, we're, we're not going to go beat by beat down the list like we we've done spotlight episodes for mario golf and mario golf for game boy color i don't feel like we need to go over the fundamentals of golf again i don't feel like we need to go over in great depth many of the game modes because a lot of the game modes in this game are similar to the game modes in mario golf there's there's some differences but and we'll touch upon them but i don't know the rules to golf (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're, you're never gonna learn at this point if you still don't know i w- what i do want to go through is what this game gets right what this game did that makes it so special um and what it means for the donkey kong fandom so this isn't going to be necessarily a traditional spotlight where we just get into the nitty gritty and for for everything we're getting into the nitty gritty ditty of everything so first of all i really like how the game starts because that intro the the introduction cinematic that plays when you boot up the game i this really started a trend of camelot doing these and really doing these well but also this is them embracing the character of waluigi because of course they created waluigi for mario tennis for the nintendo 64 and you know we 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 can talk until we're blue in the face about sunny and plum and charlie and maple but the truth of the matter david is waluigi is Camelot's biggest success story when contributing to Mario's legacy. What, what the legacy of the Mario series? It's Waluigi. It, it it's their creation that went on to become so much more beyond just Camelot's own games. Well, I think Sonny's time is uh, <laughs> going to come. <laughs> this is why. This is why I like you, David, because you never give up hope and and that is inspiring to me somebody who still is still hoping for brash bear to appear in one of these games eventually but the the, the intro is and again like i said this would kind of set the trend for camelot doing these from this point on it's wario and waluigi getting into mischief getting into hijinks bumbling around the the sporting event and uh, being no good nicks. If there could be a musical accompaniment accompaniment to this beyond what Camelot plays, I would imagine it would be the Balkan Skull music from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just them basically um, being dirtbags and having comeuppance in the end but 
it, it, yeah, they're they're basically wandering through the golf course, and and they're like, well, we can golf. We're we're burly and tough, and uh, and then uh, they 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 don't golf well, and they get frustrated, and other characters come in and golf better than they do, and they're like, how dare you? And uh, then they like do something impressive, but it backfires on them. In this case, I think Wario hits the golf ball into the woods and hits Bowser on the head. And Bowser's like, I'm going to kill you and starts chasing them and like throwing bomb bombs at them. And eventually they like all three of them blow up off screen. And Mario's like, what was that? Oh, well, I guess it's not important. Just an explosion on the golf course. And then the gopher comes up and starts dancing or something. And, um, but, but I mean, I, I make it sound like it's not impressive, but they're really fun little, um, animated sequences. Um, and I don't know. They, they were, they were very popular for their time because they were kind of atypical in this sort of thing. And it was really Camelot, you know, uh, embracing the new hardware of the GameCube where you could actually do this kind of thing, you know, and, and, you know, Mario Party would have, you know, more polished story sequences at the beginning of their games, but I don't think they were as fun as these were. Uh, they're more perfunctory, whereas these kind of embraced the the silliness of the characters a little bit. And I really liked the the moment where Donkey and Diddy Kong just kind of wander in on the golf course, and um, Yoshi and Koopa Troop are just asleep on the course, because uh, I think they're waiting for Wario to, like, um, or, or Waluigi to, is it to make a putt or something? And it's just taking forever. And so they fall asleep and then Donkey and Diddy Kong stroll in. And, um, then they have a driving contest with Donkey and Diddy. Anyway, I liked you it. You can actually uh, watch it on the, the, the internet. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's on, uh, HTTPS clone slash slash www.youtube.com. Hold on. Slash. Hold on. I don't have a pen and paper. How am I supposed to memorize this? Uh, I don't know, just... I mean, if you're listening to the car, you could just pull over and type while I'm... Or you could just keep driving. Yeah. Live life on oh, yes, yes. <laughs> No, please don't. Um, Yeah, you you can watch them all on YouTube. Pe- people do these really frustrating things where they just... They, they make these videos that are compilation videos, and they call them all Evolution... Like evolution of Mario Golf intros. I'm like, was this necessary? Couldn't you just upload them separately? Anyway. But I, it was nice to see Camelot really getting behind Waluigi. Cause at this point, Waluigi had already been in Mario Party. Um, you know, like he was already starting to appear in other things. He, of course, be in Double Dash later that year. And so it was nice to say, like, Cam- Camelot came out with this and said, yeah, we did that. And of course, this was Waluigi's Mario Golf debut. So, um, they, they were really, really just, I-, I think, surprised by how much Nintendo embraced their creation. And then they could have some fun with it as well. But be- beyond Waluigi, I want to discuss all of the characters for this game because there are huge upsides to this roster and there are Minor downsides that only really affect weirdos like us. Well, for one thing, you start out with 12 characters. The N64 game, you only started out with uh, four, and you don't unlock Mario until it's almost the last character. Yeah, 
I feel like someone must have took Camelot aside and said, that was bullshit, what you did on the N64. It's Mario Golf, and Mario isn't even a playable character when you unbox it. You got the four most important Mario characters, Peach, Plum, Baby Mario, and Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, of course, I was frustrated that you had to unlock Donkey Kong, but I will never trade that time I spent with Charlie for anything. (laughs) That, That was a special, special period where Charlie and I got to know each other on the greens of the N64. Yeah, th- this, is, shot uh, mode. this is obviously preferable, right? Like to have the bulk of the roster available from the get go. Cause then, you know, you can play as who you want to play as unless you're unlocking what one of the, um, you know, um, special characters. But David, there, there is something extraordinarily silly from the instruction manual of this game. So, they they list the characters in in the booklet and each character has a little quote about themselves and about their relation to the game of golf and they're all terrible <laughs> they're all terribly written i don't know like you talk about ai generated content were this not from 20 years ago I would suspect this was all AI generated because it seems like no human could have concocted any of these. They all feel weirdly cold and impersonal and they're absolute garbage. And I love them. And I want to read each and every one (laughs) because I feel like if we're going to be introducing the characters anyway, uh, we really have to do it the way Mario Golf Total Tour intended. Are you with me? Yes. All right. Do you want to alternate? Do you you want to just take turns going through the instruction booklet, which I have provided you? I I have passed you one that isn't waterlogged. And uh, we'll we'll just go. Actually, weirdly enough, my GameCube games are, I still have all my uh, GameCube games, just the GameCube itself. Oh, well, that's all that matters. Okay. So, because have you seen the price of used games these days? My God. Um. All right. Well, well, I'll, I'll let you start with Mario. Uh, I'll, I'll let you be the big cheese, and you okay. you can read Mario's introductory quote. It's a me. I have been on fire lately, but I hope you'll challenge me. He, he doesn't mean literally. Oh, maybe he does, given that it's Mario. No, no, but... it's just regular Mario with the blue overalls and red shirt. Yeah, it, it's a me. I've been on fire lately, but I hope you'll challenge me. So he's a bit of a braggart. All right. Uh, Peach. Hey, I adore golf. It seems you do too. Want to play a round of 18? Um, so Peach is being very presumptuous. She's just, she, so this princess of this entire kingdom is just coming up to you and say, I adore golf. Seems you do too. I don't know how she's drawing that conclusion. And well, she just you spent fifty dollars on uh, Mario Golf. Oh, okay. I I understand now. Okay, for twenty years that line has made zero sense to me. All right, Lu- Luigi. Oh dear, I practice, but nobody will want to play me. Will you play against me? <laughs> so Luigi is a sad sack. Uh, nobody wants to play. Um, 
against Luigi, not even his brother or girlfriend. Everybody hates Luigi. Um, all right, Yoshi. Uh, I, I don't know how to do Yoshi voice, aside from saying Yoshi. Uh, so I will just read this in my usual tenor. Golf is perfect for me, because I love to roam. <laughs> Why don't we square off? <laughs> he loves to roam, David. That Yoshi. One thing I always say about Yoshi, he loves to roam. Just just like my mobile phone. So we got uh, Koopa. Koopa Troopa. Okay. Uh, do Koopa Troopa sound like they, just, they don't actually talk? You can just do your go, normal whoop, voice at this point. I don't know. It's fine. I, I might be small, but I'm a huge fan of golf. Care to match skills? <laughs> that should be how Koopa Troopa sounds. I think you nailed it just now. Yeah. Hi, I might be small, but I'm a huge fan of golf. As if that was like uh, a barrier to play the game. Like, oh, you are jacked. You should really play golf. <laughs> what the hell? All right. I mean, considering that kid managed to beat Mario. Yeah. Canonically. Yeah, canonically. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe on your game it was Joe. It, yeah, Joe. Although Kid must have done something right, considering the importance that Advance Tour gave to him. But all right, we got Donkey Kong. We got the the main dude right here. All right. Oh, I have to do Donkey Kong's voice, I guess. Uh, which 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 Donkey Kong? Not the cartoon Donkey Kong. Well, I think they used Grant Kirkhope's uh, it, it, voice sample, so you could do your best impression of that. They 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 did do Grant Kirkhope's um, sound files from DK64. They reused it in this game, as well as Diddy's sound files, uh, Chris Sutherland's Diddy. So, all right, Donkey Kong, uh, smacking the ball of miles, great! Now let me show you what I mean! And I, I, uh, I, I posted this across social media earlier today, David, because... Let, let me, let me, let me, uh parse this out for people. Donkey Kong said, canonically, smacking the ball a mile is great. Now let me show you what I mean. Well, by a mile, he means 215 yards. Yeah, let me show you what I mean by that, What which I just said, in that I like smacking the ball a mile. So let me smack the ball a mile. That is how I show you what I mean. I did the math, and by did the math, I mean typed into Google, and uh, one mile is actually 1,760 yards. It's such a weird thing for Donkey Kong to say, because it has the cadence of a euphemism, but it makes no logical sense as a euphemism, like like, like jerking off or whatever. He's He's literally talking about smacking the ball a mile. But then he's being extremely literal. I I don't know. It's just a weird, oddly constructed phrase. And that's why I think this was written by some 2003 equivalent of AI. Like, maybe people just dumped out a bunch of Scrabble tiles and just put words together. They used, like, a Ouija board. I don't know. But this just doesn't feel natural none of this feels natural anyway wario go ahead and read wario ah challenge me you i'm the best golfer in the world i'm not scared even though we saw from the uh cinematic opening cinematic that no he is not but um all right also from the game boy color version it's either mario or kid or 
whoever you were playing as. Or Joe or, or Joe whoever, or yeah, yeah. Sherry or Azalea. Yeah. All right. So we got Daisy. Oh, um, I, I how do you do Daisy's voice? Hey, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up? I'm new, but golf is my thing, and I'll go toe to toe to prove it. So she said, "Yeah, I, I'm new to to Mario Golf, but golf is her thing." And, well, and she that, was in the NES Open Tournament golf. She was. That was actually her biggest appearance, at, like after Super Mario Land, until Mario Tennis um, and the Super Mario Brothers movie for the the Bob Hoskins John Leguizamo one. Um, so, so th- this quote in particular really, I, I think, honors. And and celebrates what I really like about Camelot sports games, the the golf and tennis series, in that all of the characters therein are inexplicably outrageously horny for that specific sport. Like they are all just obsessed about golf. Like golf mania is sweeping the mushroom kingdom. Everybody loves tennis right now. We can't get enough of tennis. Like they're addicts. Like they need a fix of like premium grade crank and and they just can't get enough of it. It's so bizarre and it's so hilarious to me the way they, they just structure all of these games. And you don't really see it as much in the console games, like the RPGs definitely, but the, these little quotes, like, golf is my thing, because of course it would be, because everybody freaking loves golf in this cast. It should, I don't know. Um, I like it. All right. Uh, why don't you, why don't you, uh, continue with Birdo? Um, right? <laughs> um, I love to golf, and now I want to play with other golfers. Are you in? Wow. You don't, you don't say Birdo. <laughs> All right, Diddy Kong. Pretty sure that's what everybody's doing here. Yeah, Diddy Diddy Kong. I get to be Diddy too. Oh, oh, lucky me! I I didn't plan this out. All right, it's me, Diddy. I'm hooked on this game, and I want to show you my skills. Ready? He's hooked on golf. He tried it once. Can't get enough of it. Well, you know the uh, the extra finger uh, helps yeah. him. Yeah. Alright, you got Waluigi. You may be getting better, but nobody cheats better than me. You got that? That's a pretty decent Waluigi, I have to say. Better than I can do. I have to be Bowser, shit. So, um... Bowser, okay. I'm so good. Golfing is starting to get boring. Boring! That has the cadence of a Trump tweet. (laughs) <laughs> or to a Trump God's truth. No, no, they're still called tweets. If Elon Musk doesn't want the word tweet, then I guess you can use it on anything. I tweet on Mastodon sometimes. I, I say that not to compare Bowser to, to that man, but just just the way like he doubles down on what he just said, but in all caps and unnecessary exclamation marks. It's just like, what are you doing? Just Jesus. Anyway. Then it also says, other challengers? There are even more golfers waiting for the chance to hit the green. Do you have what it takes to add them to your roster? 
And it also advanced. Oh, Toad. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> except Toad isn't playable, so. It also advertises. That's so weird that Toad's not playable in this. All I do is play Flex Round. And this was this was still that era where Toad often just stayed the hell out of it, and he just uh, served as like a, a referee or uh, somebody who just stayed on the sidelines, like managing the chaos. Um, which I think is a good role for Toad, like a conflict mediator. Anyway, it also advertises that coming soon, you can connect the game to Mario Golf Advance Tour. And uh, you you can bring in your characters from that game into this game. So, the unlockable characters, uh, they, they don't have fun quotes because they're not included in the instruction manual. So, we're just going to acknowledge them really quickly. Bowser Jr., in a, in a very quick turnaround, because Bowser Jr. had just debuted in Super Mario Sunshine... And uh, this would be a big year for Bowser Jr. He would start showing up in just everything. Um, it, it would take a while for him to get into Mario Party and replace the um, baby Bowser slash Koopa Kids from that series. But Bowser Jr. was unlocked by clearing the Birdie Challenge in this game. You could unlock Boo uh, by collecting 50 best badges which is what they call birdie badges in this game. The birdie badges from the original Mario Golf, which you get for scoring a birdie or below on a... Or better. Or or, or better. I mean, below is better in golf. But yeah, a a birdie is when it's... um, Right, minus two is less than minus one. Yeah, a birdie is... That's math. A birdie is one under par. So par is the default... What you what you definitely have to get the ball in the hole in. So if it's a par three, you have to get the ball in the hole in three. I'm explaining golf. I said I wasn't going to do it. I don't know the rules to go. So yeah, you get the ball in the hole, and if if it's in three and it's a par three, then you've made par. Uh, but if you're under par, which people use in the vernacular is a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing according to the rules of golf, because if you get one under par, so let's say it's a par three and you get it in just two, that's a birdie. That is a birdie, and I'm not talking about the Conquer character. Um, but, but or then, the McDonald Land character. Or the McDonald Land character, which the only one they really use anymore is Grimace, right? Um, I think so. I mean, they had the Grimace shake not too long ago, but yeah. I think they may have been a temporary... Thing. Yeah, yeah. So because something about like you, you, you can't market fatty foods to children anymore, and you know children love clowns anyway. So you got um, an albatross, which is um, one under birdie, and that's only applicable. Right, that's that's a three under par, right? Yeah. So that's only applicable if it's a par four or more. Uh, you can't, you can't get an albatross on a par three, because if you get an albatross in a par three, that's getting it in, in one. Wait, no, hang on. No, you can only get an albatross on a par five if you get it in two you're strokes. Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, who doesn't know the rules to golf now? Okay. All right. All right. But you get it in one, it's a hole in one, obviously. So, uh, everybody knows hole in one. Anyway, so. Anyway, you get 50, do that 50 times to get boo. Yeah, right. And you only fifty need, holes. You only need a birdie, so you know you don't you don't need to worry about any of the other stuff. 
Uh, Shadow Mario. Shadow Mario seems like an esoteric pull in 2023. But again, this was coming right off of Sunshine. And Shadow Mario was like the big evil Mario kind of doppelganger character of that era. Yeah, because Cameo Games in the 2020s would prioritize, you know, characters like, you know, Sausage Luigi and uh, (laughs) Coochie. No, but like... Metal Mario, what was in the original Mario Golf, right? A- after being a like sub boss in Super Smash Brothers, and then I-, I guess Camelot was thinking, well, Metal Mario is passe. That was N sixty four era. Shadow Mario is where it's at for the aughts, baby. Bush era Shadow Mario. Uh, let's invade Iraq with Shadow Mario, but it turns out Shadow Mario really had no staying power. Probably because Shadow Mario was such a plot-specific contrivance for Sunshine, and it, like, wasn't really even an independent character. Not that Metal Mario was an independent character from Super Mario 64, but, you know, I guess Smash Brothers, the Kingmaker, gave it a little bit more legitimacy, even though he wasn't actually a playable character. Anyway, Shadow Mario is unlockable if you clear all ring attack holes. Now, ring attack, um, what was... That was uh, how you unlocked Donkey Kong in the first game. Right. I, I have a lot of painful memories of ring attack where you have to hit the ball and have it land within the ring area. And, of course, you know, the game will guide you from for setting up your shots, but you still have to contend with things like wind and, and other things. And yeah, it's just a very, like, it, it could be fun. It could be fun. But when you're like trying to beat Mario golf and, and you're like down to the wire and you want to beat it before Donkey Kong 64 comes out, ring attack really did scar me in that game. Um, there, there's much less pressure for ring attack in here. And if you clear all the ring attack holes, you get Shadow Mario. So it's it's a win there. Finally, Petey Piranha. Petey Piranha. Talk about another sunshine quick turnaround. Petey Piranha was unlockable by completing shot practice, approach practice, and putting practice uh, on all difficulty levels. Remember and, we all uh, fucking hated Petey Piranha for some reason? We... Okay, so I, 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 I definitely had some uh chafing when it comes to pd piranha we'll just say that much because it really did feel like so so this era of mario of of nintendo this was the era where nintendo was really starting to standardize the mario cast the way they appeared from game to game there was this uniformity that wasn't necessarily there before and if you need any cluing in on just how severe it was and just the space from the end of the N64 era to the beginning of the GameCube era, just look at the way the characters looked in Mario Golf for the N64 compared to how they look in Toadstool Tour. In Toadstool Tour, they look a lot closer to how we all just imagine them today. When we just shut our eyes and somebody rattles off a Mario character and they pop in your head, you're going to be picturing them probably how they look in Toadstool Tour. Mario Golf and and Mario Party, the original trilogy, all of these games, like they they have like slightly off model renders that would differ from game to game. 
there was no uniformity. And so in the GameCube era, Nintendo really started to clamp down and said, this is the way the characters have to look from game to game. And here are all, here are the art assets you can use and just, you know, work within these parameters. And, and so this also, I think, kind of extended to the cast and, and which characters they would use because... Obviously, they're only going to use characters or they're more likely to use characters who have art assets already made. And because Sunshine was the new hotness, Sunshine and Luigi's Mansion would be the the two big games that would be drawn from in this early GameCube era. More likely than not, characters would be taken from those games. So in things like Total Tour and Mario Power Tennis and Double Dash you would see a lot of sunshine representation. And I'm not arguing against that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Well, we were saying that in 2003. Well, yeah, and I'm saying this now with the benefit of hindsight, but, you know, Mario Kart 64 had a lot of Super Mario 64 representation, obviously. But I, I think when you're hoping for a robust character roster that spans the totality of the history of Mario and to a much lesser extent Donkey Kong... Uh, you, you want things that go beyond just the latest game. And of course, this game did have characters like Birdo and Daisy, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Land. So what was our problem with Feety Prana then? Hmm? I actually did dig up a bunch of old forum posts, but I don't remember. Feety Piranha was this character that was brand new, and he was suddenly in everything, and... He was a big piranha plant in a diaper. And I love, I love that. I love that now. I can recognize the brilliance and beauty of that as a more I also recall taking a while to come around on uh, Bowser Jr. because I felt he'd replaced the Koopalings. Even though it's a lot easier to make one character than seven. So, and plus, you know, we got Koopalings in Mario Kart games now. So, you know. We talk a lot on the conversation about when you hit a certain age in your late teens or early twenties and the culture of your childhood, pop culture of childhood, but just broader culture in general, it starts to shift and, and things that you thought were just universal and evergreen begin to fall by the wayside and get replaced by the new and, and, and the next generation's favorite things and you start thinking oh no oh no like reality isn't as permanent as i thought and and my childhood is built on a house of cards anyway my point being that even when it came to things like mario i still had a great affinity for say the koopalings or the super mario brothers 2 characters like Oh yeah, like uh, Mouser, uh, who hasn't appeared in any of these. Yeah, I yeah, I can remember a time when Mouser was considered a like a tier Mario character of the utmost importance. Because wasn't he on like the Super Show and? Yeah, he he, I think he, he appeared was, in the comics. Uh, he, he he was one of King Koopa's top lieutenants on the Super Show, and so you know when you're an impressionable kid, you think. 
that's canon and and that's just like of course you knew like a wart existed so you know like okay well mouser doesn't actually work for the koopas in the game canon but mouser is still pretty important or else he wouldn't be in the cartoon and of course that's not the case Anyway, uh, so PD Piranha was just, just kind of represented the new, like overtaking the old. And a lot of this was down to where they only made so many of the like original characters in this new art style. And it was easier to pull from Sunshine and Sunshine was new. And so, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I do very much like PD Piranha and, and King Boo and, and other characters. King Boo wasn't in this, but you know what I mean? Like characters who would be showing up a lot during this time. Toadsworth. Um, Toadsworth is also not in this, but it, it's just. I don't think he was ever playable in any of these. No, he, 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 drew, he drove the parade cart in Double Dash, but he wasn't actually playable but yeah yeah, it it took a while to warm up to i think the the sunshine babies of the mario cast and the fact that they were everywhere at the and you like unlock them oh this is my reward for for playing so well as i get pd piranha i don't like this and of course double dash really doubled down on the the pd piranha hate but eh, you know i i like pd piranha now and and now you know i I'm not necessarily nostalgic for Sunshine, but I can at least look back at that era as bygone and say, like, oh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, then they brought back the Koopalines and I got sick of them. So be careful what you wish for. Uh, and finally, there uh, fr- from the aforementioned advanced tour, you could bring over the characters, everybody's favorite characters, Neil, the rascal. And Ella, the tomboy, uh, from Mario Golf Advance Tour. Now, the interesting thing about Mario Golf Advance Tour. So, there was only a small window separating Mario Golf and Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color um, in, in the previous generation. Uh, Advance Tour, however, did not come out until June 22nd, 2004. In the Americas, meaning there was an 11 month gap between the two. In Japan, there was still a significant gap because um, Advanced Tour came out April 22nd, 2004, but Toadstool Tour didn't arrive there until September 2003. In Australia and New Zealand, the gap was from February to July 18th, 2004. And in Europe, it was the shortest gap owing to how late. Total Tour arrived there. It was June 2004 to September 17th, 2004. But yeah, just for us, it seemed like, oh, wow, you know, almost a year has passed. And now I can pull pull out Total Tour again and bring in Neil or or uh, Ella in, in, from... Uh, so, so if you really wanted to complete the advanced tour experience, you, you had to dig out... Total tour, and granted, it was 11 months. I'm being dramatic here, but it still felt like a really long time to wait for it. Uh, I, I guess it gave us a reason to pull it out after so long, but anyway. Um, also of note, it would be the last Camelot game that would feature a link between the console iteration and a handheld version. Uh, Mario Tennis Power Tour oddly did not let you transfer characters 
back to Mario Power Tennis. For whatever reason, that feature was not included. I remember at the time they were trying to, with the uh, Game Boy Advance GameCube link cables, like the next great innovation in gaming. And then by time Mario Tennis came out, they're like, yeah, we don't care anymore. Yeah, Nintendo has a really bad habit of just abandoning... Especially at the time. Especially at this time of introducing a peripheral with great fanfare and then quickly losing interest in it. And if if they lose interest in it, why is the, the audience going to have any interest in it? Come on, I want to unlock characters with e-reader cards. Yeah, dude, I love the e-reader. I like fucking hell, the e-reader. My God, we're gonna eventually touch upon the e-reader coming up, like coming up soon, and like I, I gotta do a Mario Party e spotlight episode, dude. You know it. Like I'm so hyped for that. I'm the only one. You're probably gonna be on that one too, David. (laughs) Anyway, um. So all in all, I think this is a pretty, like, stellar cast. Like, I, I think this roster, by and large, like, hits hard and hits fast. It, it's a great, great lineup. Even things like Shadow Mario that seem a little esoteric nowadays, it, it still feels like, oh, that's cool, Shadow Mario. What the hell? Wasn't Shadow Mario just Bowser Jr. in disguise in Sunshine? Well, I mean, we also have, like, Baby Mario in the first game. So, you yeah. know, you, you can have the same character twice, you know. And and, as and we, technically Metal Mario is just Mario with a metal hat that turns him entirely metal, so. And and then, of course, uh, Master Hand made uh, a clone of Mario and then made that Metal Mario. And then eventually Metal Mario, the, the Master Hand created clone who became independent and went golfing and, and stuff demanded a bride and so master hand created pink gold peach but yeah and then you know then after master hand was defeated in the first one mario jumped into the chest of time to get his baby self to play golf yeah but we already did that uh, game yeah it's like what would be fun what would be really fun i know to play golf with myself as a baby uh they didn't put Baby Mario in this, which uh, is a bit strange, considering how quickly Nintendo would double down on putting Baby Mario and other baby iterations in these games. Just weird that they they kind of skipped over the whole baby nonsense in this game. But, um, as we already discussed, like there is this history of taking this character who is so obviously sp- like not an independent character and making an independent character out of it. If they like the design or general just vibes of the character, uh, we just discussed on the last episode, the, at the very least, the English, uh, translation of it, where they basically wrote off dry Bowser as a separate character from Bowser himself. And it's just like, okay, sure, whatever. It kind of cheapens the whole thing, if you ask me. But um, So the downside, though, to this cast is that, as you've already lamented quite a bit in this episode, surprisingly, David, the lack of weirdo normies. Uh, the the straights, if you will. the Just the, the basic... Yeah, just like some guy... <laughs> Yeah, just just some guy. Uh, so I love Toadstool Tour. I do. It's probably my favorite Mario Golf game that's not an, a 
like insane RPG. But where, oh, where is my plum? Where, oh, where is dear Charlie? Oh, oh, bright, effervescent, sunny. Where did you go? Harry, Maple, come back. I, I, I realize, like, I just got done saying, like, this roster is so much superior to Mario Golf for the N64. But I do have so much affection for Camelot's basic bitches. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They, they are just terrific in how regular they are. And I think that contrast is what makes them so funny to me. And I mean, I'm also the kind of person who really digs when a game like this just introduces new characters for some reason. Like, I think Diddy Kong Racing is fantastic, partially because it's like, oh yeah, you love Diddy. Here's all these other characters you don't know. And, uh, you know, maybe in the future you can do more with them. And it, it disappoints me that probably because of the great Mario standardization of the cast in the GameCube era, Camelot couldn't use their characters anymore. I don't know if Nintendo like explicitly put the kibosh on it or Camelot just read the writing on the wall and said, yeah, we probably can't use Harry anymore. I don't know. Camelot plays Waluigi or just some guy with a hat? And, and yeah, like Waluigi maybe went to their heads a little bit and they were like, well, I, I guess just creating our own evil plumber character uh, is a lot more lucrative than... Uh, some some asshole named Charlie. So I I don't know. I wish they were unlockable in this. I wish at the very least one of them was in use somewhere. Like I feel like you could really continue to develop Plum. Like I in my head canon, Plum is Peach's younger sister because you know their names. Because they're both fruit. Yeah, and, and they're both ju- delicious, juicy fruits. Droops. So I, like, bring Plum back. Plum had a trophy in Melee. The Kingmaker has spoken. The public demands their plums. Anyway, that's just my two cents. I miss them. I I do wish, like... And it's weird that Camelot stopped making new Mario characters, too. Like, they, they made Waluigi out of necessity because Wario needed a doubles partner. Uh, but... You you would think the success of that would have given them a little bit of leeway to then, I don't know, introduce somebody new who would maybe fit into Mario's world a little bit better. Uh, but they didn't. So, oh well. It doesn't matter because Diddy Kong is in the game, David. Diddy, and this is something that's kind of lost to time and maybe this is owing to the extremely stretched out international release dates of Toadstool Tour but this was Diddy's first playable appearance in both a Mario game and in a game not developed by Rare we we can argue all night long whether or not Diddy Kong is driving the bus on Toad's Turnpike in Mario Kart 64 but Diddy Which we was, didn't realize until like 20 years after the fact anyway, so. Yeah, and, and people will claim it's a Yukiki and a hat, but I'm saying look at it. Look at it closely. It looks like Diddy. It doesn't look like a Yukiki. Anyway, that's another argument for another time. All I'm saying is this is Diddy's first explicit playable 
appearance in both a Mario game and a non-rare game. And I feel like non-rare is the bigger factor. Like, the, the bigger, like, oh, whoa. Like, somebody else is developing a game where Diddy is playable. It's generally unheard of for a lot of, of these things. We, we, we've talked about a lot about how Nintendo operates and like the, how the teams at Nintendo have sort of this proprietary, if not ownership, then there, there is this culture of respect, right? Where, oh, because uh, th- this other team did the Super Mario Land characters, we will seldom delve into those aspects Although, if we need a character for these multi-character sports games or whatever, maybe we'll pull a character like Daisy out of the mothballs because she suits our purposes. So, because of the nature of the rare buyout, um, th- this was the very first time that there was this idea, like th- this this notion that, oh, we can use Diddy because the team the studio behind diddy kong can no longer necessarily drive the direction of diddy kong of course rare was still making their donkey on country remake trilogy and then diddy kong racing ds during this era but they could not make new games with diddy kong and so diddy like nintendo like they knew like diddy was a very important character for them and it was very quickly after the buyout that they started implementing Diddy in these games where Diddy would not be used otherwise. Because, you know, Mario Tennis for the N64 came out in 2000. Donkey Kong needed a doubles partner. Of course, Diddy would be the natural uh, pull for that. But Camelot felt like they could not use Diddy because he was rarest character. And even though there is this culture of a, a, a greater... Um, like degree of of permitting you to use these characters in games like Mario Tennis, I think the nature of Rare and their relationship with Nintendo was unique enough that they felt like it would be disrespectful to use Diddy. Diddy was Rare's baby. What's perfectly respectful is the potential uh, continuity error in Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was going to continue into the GameCube era. I don't know if Donkey Kong Jr. was ever earmarked for Toadstool Tour. I don't think anything in the files has ever been found suggesting as such. But we do know that Donkey Kong Jr. was definitely going to be Donkey Kong's partner in Mario Kart Double Dash, which we will get into in greater depth on the Spotlight episode for that later this season. Uh, so... In some respects, the rare buyout dramatically averted that confusion from from persisting, and Donkey Kong Jr. was effectively retired as a concept, except for some retro throwbacks here or there. Um, and I, I know, like you're gonna say, well, it doesn't create a contradiction because Baby Mario is playable in most of these games, and I agree. But to the layperson. To, to the general person who doesn't spend all of their time fretting about Donkey Kong continuity and the timeline, they would just walk away with the impression, oh, Donkey Kong Jr. is Donkey Kong's son, i.e. the current Donkey Kong's son. 
i.e. the Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong Country, meaning Cranky Kong is just this old man and not... So it, it would have basically taken a sledgehammer to Rare's Donkey Kong canon. Um, if, if not explicitly... Plus, if that's Donkey Kong Jr., then who died in the Great Ape War? Oh, sh- oh shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even if it wouldn't have ever been clarified one way or an intent one way or another by Nintendo, we know how this stuff works. It's like a game of telephone. We've seen how it works with just this idea of Donkey Kong, the current Donkey Kong, being Donkey Kong Jr.'s son. Like nowhere in the games is that ever said that. The current Donkey Kong is Donkey Kong Jr.'s son, but it's just this very popular conception uh, just because people learn that Cranky Kong is Donkey Kong's grandfather and they fill in the blanks in their head. This would have caused them to fill in the blanks in their head, but in a very different way where now people would think Donkey Kong Jr. is just the current Donkey Kong's son and there was never any generational age up for the Kongs. So... In some ways, the Rare buyout saved Rare canon. It's so weird to think about it in those terms, as much as we were looking forward to things like Donkey Kong Racing. But the Rare buyout did have some upsides. So, hey, uh, it, it got us Diddy Kong in Mario Golf Total Tour. And it also introduced Diddy Kong's new design. So... Cameron would be the person to really go into depth about what they changed on Diddy's design. They did away with the blue eyes that were introduced with Diddy Kong Racing. This this is where Diddy um, just, just I, I think he has black eyes in this game. Um, just just black pupils again. I know Smash Brothers would give him brown eyes throughout the years, but this is this is mostly how he appears, having like black pupils. And the biggest, the biggest change to Diddy Kong's character design is uh, the fact that he now has five fingers per hand and five toes per foot. Yes, this is the game that changed Diddy Kong's character design from from the, the four fingers, like, cartoony proportions to to five fingers and the the reason they did this and this hasn't ever been laid out but it's just kind of common sense when you look at the cultural um, through line of, of nintendo design is in japan even though it's a trope in western animation for cartoon characters to have four fingers in Japan, they don't necessarily do that for, at the very least, heroic characters. David, you know why that is, right? Uh, supposedly, it's because, like, uh, um, apparently the Yakuza just cut off people's fingers for some reason. Yes. And it, then, or something like that. Uh I'm not sure how tr- if this is true or just like some urban myth. It, it's I I think it's basically true. Like I I've wondered it myself. Like is that actually accurate? And I've done s- extensive research into it. And yeah, it, it does seem to be the case. And why Nintendo immediately changed Didi's character design 
Because I, I think when it was rare, when Diddy was rare's current baby, they, uh, they, they at least had the excuse, well, it's a UK developer. It's, it's a Western character. It's okay. But once Nintendo really adopted Diddy Kong as their own, and, and they, they really wanted to because Diddy was a very popular character internationally, they would be foolish not to. Knowing that Mickey still has, you know, four fingers on each hand. Yeah, but, but again, Mickey Mouse is widely known as a Western character. If Nintendo is bringing in Diddy Kong and, and really promoting him as their character, which they have really done in the last 20 years, then you, you really can't have him have four fingers because of the connotations. And the connotations is, oh, there, there was some Yakuza connection here and they cut off one of his fingers. And, you know, that it is what it is. And I, I understand culturally why they shy away from it because of those like deep, the, the deep cultural permutations of like a four fingered character in there. And, you know, you, you don't want to say Diddy ever had Yakuza ties. So they changed him to have five fingers. Now, of course, we at DK Vine, we, we are very, um, literally minded when it comes to canon, when it comes to continuity, we can't just say, oh, well, you know, they, they changed Diddy's appearance and we're just supposed to work under the assumption that he's always had five fingers in every appearance, uh, going back to Donkey Kong Country. No, we had to come up with a fanon explanation why Diddy now has an extra digit per hand. And we did this by, by by the beauty of his first appearance in this new design, being in Toadstool Tour, we came up with, well, I came up with, I, I don't know why I'm passing the buck here. I came up with what, what I think is, is probably my best Fanon patch of all time. It's what I'm most proud of, not just for Fanon, not just for DK Vine, but in my life. <laughs> and... It's sheer poetry when I read it out loud. Prosthetic golfing fingers. Now, David, you being the chronicler of the DK Vine forum for so many years, you actually found the original forum thread concerning prosthetic golfing fingers. Which was kind of hard because the uh, search engine on the old forum is completely broken, but somehow I found it. I like to imagine you just had it bookmarked because you knew one day it would come in handy. Handy. See what I did there? So, yeah, this is on the old DK Vine forum, not the new Play Control DK Vine forum, which we launched uh, just a couple months ago. No, this is the old, broken, dead DK Vine forum that died in April of this year. And, um, yeah, so uh, th this is a... thread i created oh my god it's three pages long which <laughs> means it's what like at least over a hundred replies oh my god uh this is this was posted august 1st 2003 141 a.m <laughs> uh this is that, what keeps you up at night yeah yeah so the the topic is called diddy kong's extra finger 
So th- this this is what I wrote. I'm going to read this verbatim. This is me 20 years ago. Chad alerted my attention to something a few hours ago, and a quick check reveals the boy is telling the truth. I guess we all just missed this, but Diddy Kong has five fucking fingers in Toastal Tour. Now, don't worry. <laughs> As a respected Donkey Kong continuity enforcer, I'm already hard at work trying to come up with an explanation. But I guess Nintendo slash Camelot really blundered on Diddy's first non-rare appearance. Anyway, I'll have my own theory posted shortly. But would anyone here like to give their own idea? Don't even bother if it's, quote, traveling to the Mushroom Kingdom caused him to magically grow an extra digit, end quote. Nintendo, thanks for Diddy, but a massive fuck you for the horrible oversight. Wow, I was so angry. Wow. So Someone got fired for that blunder. Yeah, so at this time, at 1.41 a.m. on August 1st, 2003, I'm thinking they just screwed up. I'm thinking they didn't study Rare's renders hard enough, which is ludicrous, which is which is nonsensical. But of course, in the heat of the moment, passions were inflamed. We're, we were all a bit on edge once we realized he's got an extra finger on each hand. He's got, he's got an extra little toesy. Oh my god. So... This is what's really hilarious about this and what really made me guffaw when you showed me this earlier today, David. It was only 15 minutes later that I posted a reply. So, so I like how I like, I'm like, okay, let, let me hear your ideas. And then I come in 15 minutes later and I, I don't know if I already had this in my head or if it was like percolating, but I hadn't really gotten it out yet. But it took me 15 minutes to come up with prosthetic golfing fingers, something that DK Vine Between 141 and 156 a.m. on August 1st, 2003. Yeah, yeah. So basically still the end of July at this point. But yeah, like it took me 15 minutes to come up with something that we have been sticking with for 20 years and I, I I have to applaud even though I'm so angry back then I, I have to applaud how quickly I I just vomited this out alright so here's what I said okay I've come up with a plausible explanation in parentheses I said plausible in a fictional reality full of chest of times and portable teleportation devices. I'm, of course, referring to Donkey Kong Land, the trilogy in, 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 in that case there. All right. I've also already expanded on a theory in case Nintendo has a five-finger Diddy from now on, which, of course, they would. Diddy is wearing a prosthetic fifth finger to help him grip the clubs better. He found that swinging a golf club was very difficult with four fingers, so he purchased a pair of prosthetic ones in a Mushroom Kingdom golf shop. If Diddy wears them in each game now on, then the explanation is simple. He found his gripping ability to be quite improved with the extra fingers, and decided to stay evolved and wear them on a permanent basis. When and if Dixie resurfaces 
And if she has five fingers, then Diddy simply brought home a pair for her. I I said something quite lewd here, and I'm not going to repeat it, given the benefit of hindsight. We're leaving that in the past. Back when we were literal teenagers back then. Yeah. Yeah, it was so Dixie could grip vines better, you know, swing through the jungle. If you recall Donkey Kong 64, only Donkey Kong could pull levers because he had five fingers, but now everybody can. Yeah. I do not condone the person I was back then. Still a teenager then. Phew. I was worried there for a second. Now I can enjoy Mario Golf again without crying every time I think about Diddy's five fingers. Instead, I will celebrate the eight natural fingers and two artificial ones. Yes, Diddy can now grip even better than before. Watch out, Kremlin crew, because the prosthetic fingers are going to run wild over you. And I don't know why I was doing a Hulk Hogan thing there. Again, it was a different time. It was before we knew Hulk Hogan was a complete dirtbag. That doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, so... Anyway, uh, you would think, like, immediately this would have pushback that, that people would be like, I hate you, uh, delete the site. But, uh, user Baron Crusher said, ha 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 ha, really, I have nothing else to say. Which I took that as a tactic, uh, approval. And I said, you see, Diddy should have gone on these cameo romps with Donkey Kong a long time ago. Imagine what he could, what he could have done in Donkey Kong 64 with five fingers. I'm sure playing that guitar would have been a lot easier. Nothing I'm saying are lies, David. This is all truth. Um, Although if he could pull levers, then what would Donkey Kong's thing be? Oh, thankfully. Okay. So thankfully he didn't have prosthetic fingers. Yeah. Stepping on pads with Donkey Kong's face on them, of course. Yeah. Uh, so a Wario fan 63 came in. Uh, with, with, with a good counterpoint and said, good job explaining that. <laughs> One problem though, why does he have a fifth toe? Or has he always had that? I assumed with four fingers on a hand, he'd have four toes on a foot. So I was just wondering about that fifth one. Perhaps it makes him walk better on the green. Um, Baron Crusher says he's always had four toes. Maybe he had two toes added because he couldn't find any golf cleats that fit. I'm sure Slush, which is what I was, I was known as back then. I'm sure Slush will come up with a better reason. Now, there is some debate about the, uh, the toes of Diddy Kong and Dixie Kong, uh, in the rare era. Like, it looks like they have three. Uh, but you could also make the case that the side of their foot is supposed to be a fourth toe. It's, it's a bit nebulous and it's, it's a very heated, impassioned bait that I don't think has ever really been settled. Now, me at 2.59 a.m. on August 1st, go to bed, you weirdo. Uh, I, I came in and I was supporting the three toe theory. Um, which I don't know if I agree with now. I think Diddy was supposed to have four toes. That's where uh, I've really... That's how I spent the last 20 years. And and that's how I've really grown as a person since then is... Oh, I, I think Diddy Dixie had four toes. Anyway, so I said... And this is the last reply I will read of this. Because I realize this is just... I'm not going to read all 100 plus replies of this thread. Uh, I, I said, actually... Diddy only has three toes, and yet in Total Tour, he has five. Wow, Camelot really 
didn't pay much attention to the character design, did they? I actually didn't know anything about the Yakuza thing back. I was I was a cultural simpleton in two thousand three at two fifty nine a.m. David, I, I think I really became a more worldly individual by five a.m. But uh, it took me a while to get there. Anyway, I said anyway. His new toes include a small digit on the side of his foot with the big toe and one on the other side. So he's also wearing foot devices, which is how I put it, foot devices. He's wearing foot devices that give him extra prosthetic toes on each side of the foot, improving his balance when swinging the club. Such devices are manufactured in the Mushroom Kingdom, so creatures who aren't born with five fingers and five toes can find it easier to play golf. Although some choose not to use them, Diddy isn't afraid to try something that will give him an edge. They come in an assortment of colors and feel very much like skin. So basically, Diddy's wearing invisible sandals with toes on each side and prosthetic fingers. I like how I'm working this out in real time and just changing it on the fly. Like, no, that's better. 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Contrived? You betcha. Does it work? I think so. There are lots of strange golfing devices here in the real world, so I could only imagine what the mushroom dimension would have. And since Diddy is a first-time visitor, I'd imagine he'd want to try them out. So... But meanwhile, you know, Boo doesn't have any fingers. Yeah, but Boo's also a spirit with with spirit powers, so it's it's fine. Bowser has claws, so... What amazes me about that, David, is how quick on my feet I was. And how stupid I was even back then. And granted, I I was even more stupid back then, but for, for those who think like, oh, wow, you know, Heil, you've really gotten weird. No, I, I, I was always like that. Yeah, but now you're almost 40, so. Okay, but I'm not 40 yet. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Diddy also was animated a bit differently in this game than we were used to at the time. Uh, he had what we referred to as anime eye expressions in this game, where the pupils would change expressions instead of him blinking. And instead of his eyelids like helping form the uh, eye expression, his his pupils would just change shape, which we really hated at the time, I remember. Uh, this is another thing I've kind of softened on throughout the last two decades. I'm okay with this now. It is what it is. It's fine. What, what do you think, David? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, like, I mean, maybe if, you know, the monkeys at the Twilight, the Twycross Zoo uh, had their uh, pupils blink, that would make sense. But uh, the thing about Donkey Kong Country was always, like, you know, natural and less cartoony. I mean, it's cartoony, but, like, you know, they had a balance. But Yeah. The the blinking pupils kind of... I, I, I can kind of just sort of gloss over the, the pupil thing without getting into golfing contact lenses or or anything like that like i'm like uh you know it's it, it just uh yeah sometimes you just gotta say like, yeah different art style that's why everything's bon- like like in mario plus rabbits kingdom battle donkey kong adventure like everything's all blocky that's it's just the art style yeah yeah it's mr pants mr pants isn't literally a stick figure man he just it's just the art style 
But, you know, we, we, we can talk about how Diddy was portrayed differently, which was a bit of a culture shock for us, only used to Rare being behind Diddy. But having Diddy in these games... This is one of the earliest appearances of the uh, Toothy Grin, isn't it? This is when the gr- Toothy Grin was definitely on the uptick. Um, of course, there was like Mario Party 4 that really leaned into the Toothy Grin. But yeah, like the Toothy Grin and, and Diddy's anime eyes, you know, a it, 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 bit of a culture shock there. But I think like just having Diddy in this game, the virtue of having Diddy alongside Donkey Kong meant the world to hardcore Donkey Kong fans like us who had made me grown a little weary of Donkey Kong appearing in all of these games because we love Donkey Kong. Don't get me wrong. But it it, it became as completionist just grueling sometimes to buy these games that we might not be interested in. And I think Total Tour is a terrific game that I had a lot of fun with. But let's be honest, I would have probably never bought it if it wasn't for Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong in the game. And having Diddy in these games, having somebody alongside Donkey Kong meant that Donkey Kong didn't have to appear in these by himself. It wasn't Donkey Kong, an island unto himself in a sea of Mario. It was Donkey Kong is going with his partner, Diddy Kong, on this wacky Mushroom Kingdom sporting expedition, and they're in it together. And the the spirit of teamwork, of collaboration is one of the biggest themes of Rare's Donkey Kong. So to be able to have that in cameo games, to be able to have my favorite character, Diddy Kong, in these games, was just such a psychological boost. And it was so affirming to see Diddy there and to have Diddy acknowledged in such a way where, you know, in Mario Tennis... You, you had a time-displaced Donkey Kong Jr. serving as Donkey Kong's partner. So there was always this disconnect, this, this like, th- this weird, like, split between Donkey Kong's appearances in the cameo games and Donkey Kong games. And this kind of helped bridge that divide. So it made it feel like, oh, no, it's all cohesive. It's all connected. Donkey and Diddy are going on this trip together. And we know from things like Diddy Kong Racing that Donkey and Diddy always go off on these adventures together. Many things we don't see in the games, like the time they met Conquer. So to see that play out in the Mushroom Kingdom realm, in the in the span of the Mario cast, uh, it, it was just, it was so surreal at the time. And of course, we've gotten used to it, although not as used to it as I would like. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you better put Diddy in the game, but it, it's it was just such a morale boost, and especially at a time when the future of Diddy kind of had a question mark behind it, because of course in hindsight, Nintendo was not going to retire the character of Diddy Kong. His appearance in Toastal Tour said as much. The fact that they made this, the you know, 
new artwork for him, standardized his design. Of course, we should have seen it then as, oh yeah, they're going all in on Diddy Kong. But then things like Jungle Beat and that mistranslated interview came out. And we think that there's this vendetta against Diddy Kong because he's not fresh enough. And had it not been for that mistranslated interview, then I'm sure our perspective would have been a lot more positive. But we thought like up through Super Smash Brothers Brawl, we thought that, you know, there, there's this war. There is this war for Diddy's very future. So to have him in stuff like uh, Toadstool Tour w- was a huge morale boost when we needed it. When when we were in this uncertain post buyout period. So uh, yeah, and I I I like my God, like uh, just getting to play golf as Diddy. Uh, it was. It was it was just so enjoyable. It made me smile every time Diddy would appear on the screen and hearing his Donkey Kong sixty four voices, like Chris Sutherland. Well, like we hear Chris Sutherland in this game. We hear Grant Kirkhope as Donkey Kong. Yeah, Microsoft noted uh, Microsoft employees uh, Chris Sutherland and Grant Kirkhope. <laughs> yeah, I I really like this like immediate post buyout period where they're starting to integrate Donkey Kong stuff a little bit more. But they weren't fully Noted there Xbox yet. developers, uh, Chris Sutherland and Grant Kirkhope. Right. <laughs> but, but like, they hadn't, like, brought in new voice actors yet for the Kongs. And so you were getting a lot of, like, hybridization between Rare and basically the future of Donkey Kong. And there's this just fun little middle ground, this little weird intersection that mostly played out in these Camelot games. Um but yeah, yeah, just uh, just just a real trip having Diddy in this game, and that's really all I wanted to talk about was Diddy. But uh, I guess we got to oh, discuss. I guess we're already done. This has been a file two production. Now we got to talk about Congo Canopy, and before we oh, get right. there, we should probably touch upon the courses themselves. Then I don't really have a lot to say about the non-Congo Canopy courses. Similar to the N sixty four game, there are. Mostly generic golf courses that ostensibly take place in the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, you got the loose naming conventions. Like, you know, we're, we're going to throw in uh, uh, the name of a Mario baddie or character in this golf course name. But it's mostly going to be like, um, like we got Lakitu Valley, which is just the basic golf course, right? Just generic golf course. But it's Lakitu Valley. Okay. I guess, I guess, yeah, the kind of course you could see like, you know, Charlie and Harry, uh, playing in. I guess in my, in my headcanon, I was like, oh, I guess this is where Lakitu's are from. This is, this is where they're native. You got Lakitu's just roaming the woods or, or I guess the, the clouds. Uh, then you got Cheap Cheap Falls, which is a kind of a verdant pine forest, kind of like Pacific Northwest looking area. But it's Cheap Cheap Falls. I guess Cheap Cheeps are just resplendent in the waters here. Uh, Shifting Sands, which is a desert, and I guess at least takes a little bit of naming convention from Super Mario 64. Um, but yeah, Shifting Sands, your, your, your desert track, or not track, golf course. Sorry, I'm used to talking about Mario Kart these days. And you've got Blooper Bay, which is the kind of tropical area. Um, now, in Mario Golf for the N64, there'd be kind of this gradual ramping up of kind of the the more 
like fanciful or or exotic elements of the tra- of the I almost said tracks again golf courses until you get like you you kind of culminate you climax in the full on wacky mushroom kingdom golf course whoa it's the mushroom kingdom whoa and in that one I think it was like Mario Star where all the golf courses are shaped like Mario characters which is you know it's, it's decent but i think toadstool tour really upped the ante because toadstool tour had three three golf courses that really celebrated different aspects of individual characters or or at least um elements of the characters in the mario golf toadstool tour cast so you have the uh, heroic mushroom kingdom character golf course in Peach's Castle Grounds, which I really liked Peach's Castle Grounds, which is just a very explicit Mushroom Kingdom track. Uh, track, goddamn it, <laughs> golf course, <laughs> course, golf, golf course. course. I am not talking about Mario Kart. I will talk about Mario Kart again when we complain about Diddy not being in the last wave of the Booster Course Pass. Golf course. All right, all right. I think I've trained my brain now. Uh, but Peach's Castle Grounds. What I really like about this is that it gradually like you go through the day and it ends at night like by the time you get to hole 18 it's nighttime you're right outside of peach's castle the golf course is illuminated by stars on the ground and i think you even have like fireworks in the distance it's just a really atmospheric it it feels like a triumphant like almost end of the game uh but it's not the end of the game yeah you're on the final lap and uh you know, you're about to cross the finish line. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> not going to invite you back. You're going to be in timeout for as much shit as you're giving me. Um, Bowser Badlands is actually the second character-based course. Or God damn it! I said course. Okay, sorry. I'm just so used to me screwing up. Cor- okay, that was fine. Calm down. <laughs> yes, okay. It's- it's a course of, go- you've got, of golf. You've got me on edge. And now by the time I get to the next Mario Kart episode, I'm going to be saying course instead of track. Uh, Bowser Badlands takes place in Darkland. It, it, it's just full, fully like 18 holes of evil. It's just an evil golf course that takes place in Bowser's like dark territory. Uh, I, I really like Bowser Badlands. Um I just like what a shithole it is. It's great. And then finally, um, we've got the Donkey Kong Island golf course, Congo Canopy, which is a par three through and through. Every hole is par three, but it's 18 holes and it takes place in the treetops of the Congo jungle. Now, Congo, Congo Canopy is spelled with a C. Just like the uh, Congo Jungle was spelled in the original Super Smash Brothers, which, for more on that, listen to the Destination DKU episode we did on the Congo Jungle earlier this season, where we you see that or they spell canopy with a K, so right. Either way, and, yeah, and you don't want to. You can't put, say Congo with a C and canopy with a K, or wait, no, that makes even less sense. Yeah, no, no, but. And, and you don't want to have too many words in there that start with a K, or else it gets into problematic territory. No, no, no. Keep it down to two. Yeah. One or two. But 
Congo Canopy with the sea. Uh, like, it takes place in the treetops of the Congo jungle. And I really like how imaginative this golf course is. Because it it does feel like the perfect Donkey Kong golf course in that it is fantastical. It It, it just slightly elevated from reality. But it's rooted in nature and... Um, the natural world just enough that you can plausibly buy it. Like it doesn't really make a lot of sense for a golf course to exist entirely in the treetops, but you can kind of just accept that the Kongs would do it this way. It's not the most reference heavy Donkey Kong golf course, but I think it's my favorite. It, I think it might be my absolute favorite Donkey Kong Island based area in any Kong, uh, cameo game, um, golf course or track. Uh, it, it, it's, it's or like I said, court. yeah. Or tennis court. It, like this is still that weird baseball com- stadium. There, there are actually, there was a pretty good one in the, one of the Mario baseball games. Yeah. There are better areas in cameo games. If if all you're looking for are like references, like swanky sideshow, you know, in in um, Mario Superstar Baseball, but th- this is that weird compromise period, that weird transition period, because this game was in development before the rare buyout had occurred, meaning there was still some distance being kept from trading on Rare's grounds too much. They didn't want to do that. Now, Diddy was obviously added to the game probably somewhere post-September 2002 um, after the buyout, and they felt like, okay, well, we can use Diddy Kong now. Uh, Congo Canopy doesn't fully embrace the aesthetics and series trappings of Donkey Kong. It does have a little bit more going on for it than the generic jungles of like DK's Jungle Parkway from Mario Kart 64 or D- DK's Jungle Adventure from Mario Party uh, because it does use DK barrels for the tea boxes. They they outline the tea boxes, which is a, a, a nice little detail. And that's basically where it ends. You've got... I think like the clubhouse that sort of looks like a Donkey Kong Island treehouse, but you know, a little off model, similar to how Super Smash Brothers Melee had that house uh, by Congo Falls, but it isn't really like on model for any architecture scene in Donkey Kong Island, but it works. It works. Uh, but I, I think Congo Canopy really does capture the spirits of the Congo jungle and Donkey Kong Island in a way that some of those shoehorned Donkey Kong areas, racetracks or golf courses or baseball stadiums or tennis courts, uh, basketball courts is yeah, basketball court. Yeah. I think there was one. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was, it was, it was on a raft in, in Mario hoops three on three, but I was just, I just couldn't remember if you called basketball, Courts, basketball courts. And I was like, no, those basketball are basketball tracks. <laughs> basketball tracks, yeah. Um, I feel like this does capture the the overall spirit of Rare's games in a way that some of those do not. Now, Camelot would have a lot more fun with some rare Donkey Kong elements the following year 
with Mario Power Tennis, where they would have critters flanking the the court and they would have clap traps and they they would really like give a warm embrace to a lot of stuff they made me felt like they couldn't do for the bulk of total tours development time but damn i i I love congo canopy it just feels perfect to me uh it, it really does feel like how i would imagine the kongs would handle a golf course on Donkey Kong Island, like it, it's ecologically friendly. It, it doesn't like destroy the the native environment of the jungle. They they like they put it up and over most of the jungle where it doesn't really harm anything. And you know, Camelot would later go more all in and do a Donkey Kong uh, golf course with all the bells and whistles, all the trimmings including screaming pillars, uh, barrel cannons, TNT barrels, those weird bouncing flowers in DK Jungle from 2014's Mario Golf World Tour for the Nintendo 3DS. And and that was great. I really liked that. I think that was only a a nine-hole golf course, but... I, I, I still prefer Congo Canopy, I think, e- even though it doesn't really have all of the like, series aesthetics that we would come to expect in cameo games. I, I think Congo Canopy just feels so appropriate, and I really like how inventive it is. So that's why I made a t-shirt that you can buy now on our merchandise store. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's very... Uh... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of reference. Just it feels like a Donkey Kong course track, uh, stadium, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, just just we we were a simple folk back then. We didn't expect much, so just the sheer fact of putting DK barrels in there felt so cool. Like, oh my god, they're referencing DK barrels. It was the same way in Mario Party Four, Donkey Kong's birthday gift. Uh, fr- from the other characters was a little replica of a DK barrel, which was the first time I think they referenced DK barrels in any cameo game. And I was like, oh my god, they've referenced a DK barrel in a Mario game? Oh, wow, that's that's forbidden territory. I can't believe they did that. So, yeah. Until yeah, you find out about the time they referenced a DK barrel in a Kirby game. Oh, I yeah, I already knew that, but Kirby just gets away with shit you wouldn't think other games would be able to get away with like sakurai does what sakurai wants eat sakurai even back then they just they just yeah went for it so anyway yeah i don't really feel like we need to go through the modes of this game it's just yeah you, you got like a tournament you got character match which is i guess worth mentioning because that's how you unlock star characters do you remember star characters from this game david Yep, they were just the same characters, but with better stats. Better stats, and they have, would have a little star next to their name. And you, I think you would press the shoulder button to activate the star character. So, so of course, once I unlocked Star Donkey and Star Diddy, I would just use those characters. Pretty sure his drive is still well short of a mile. <laughs> Let me show you what I mean. Uh, ring Shot was, was there again, and you had a Ring Shot Challenge. I don't even remember what Ringshot Challenge was, how that differed from Ringshot. 
I mean, there are certain parameters you had to work with, but it, it all blurs together. I, I definitely remember uh, character match, though, just unlocking the star characters, because I felt like I would have to go through all of them to unlock all the star characters, even though the only one I would want is Star Donkey and Star Diddy, but anyway, um, yeah. Of course, they couldn't even give them alternate costumes, like you know, did Star Diddy with three stars on his shirt, maybe? Right? Yeah, give give him the 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 yellow hero mode outfit from Donkey Kong Country uh, for the Game Boy Advance, which came out you know like a month before this. They had plenty of time to implement it. You cowards! Or you know, two player contest colors. Yeah. 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 Well, that that was what was first, but I associated it with hero mode. Like it gave us a name for it. David, and a canonical purpose. I guess uh, Smash Brothers is the only one for alternate colors with uh, the, most of which reference other things in the games. True, true. Um, I feel like there were less... It, it, the, the modes were maybe less robust in this version than Mario Golf for the N64, which is why maybe some people prefer the N64 game. I just feel like the modes in this game as well as the gameplay, was maybe just more polished in general. Like, it, it had a bigger impact. Everything in the game had a bigger impact. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I I prefer Total Tour, but I can see why some people might like Mario Golf for the N64 or the, the NES game with Daisy. But, I don't know. I, I like didn't didn't uh young cranky make an appearance in that one he like uh he ran like the tea shop or something uh, something like that something like that i don't care it's not it's pre-dku i'm not gonna talk about david what i'm gonna give you some fun facts about toadstool tour are you excited okay. um no <laughs> i mean i think you're excited and you're not excited have the yeah, same I'm, I'm so excited, but unlike the Pointer Sisters, I'm perfectly capable of hiding it. Okay, yeah, you do hide it pretty well. You're you're pretty uniform throughout. So I know I always think you're just bursting with excitement. That's just my natural assumption of your state of being. David, did you know Toadstool Tour is not only DKU by virtue of Donkey and Diddy appearing in it? Of course, it's uh, Mario Universe. It's DKU, but it's also a rare PKU game. It's Pikmin Universe. Because whenever your ball lands in the flowers, like any um, any flower growth, Pikmins f- come flying out of, of, uh, of the flowers. So this game has a rare appearance of Pikmin in it, which is so weird to me, given that this is not a game developed by Miyamoto's team. Like, they would just hide Pikmin in it. I think I knew I, that, but then I forgot about it, so I yeah. just learned it again. I I don't know why they're in there. I mean, granted, this is also, you know, recency bias. Pikmin was the new hotness at this time. And and maybe it was just like, oh, well, just, we're just going to hide Pikmin in there. But what does that imply about Pikmin? Does that imply that the game's Pikmin take place in the Mushroom universe? Or does it imply that Pikmin also evolved independently in the Mushroom universe as well? Yeah, I mean, each bunch of Pikmin just wandered into a warp pipe. Yeah, chest of time. There, there's lots of ways they get in there. And then they start reproducing. And then there's a 
like a, a eco- ecological epidemic in the mushroom kingdom's hands and and it just it's just a, a disaster david did you know there are loads of fun easter eggs yes i said loads on the scoreboards i probably should have known that because that's kind of a place where you could put easter eggs but i never really paid much attention yeah but yeah, like, perhaps i should have in mario golf i think they put characters like link on there like on the n64 well, game well i remember the game boy color had like a, a links course so they kind of had a like all uh, zelda characters on that yeah which you know it was 1999 right after super smash brothers so of Get course because link is also the name of the protagonist in the legend of zelda and it's a play on the links like right 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 but but you know it was 1999 so of course we were saying you know link just came out of the chest of time he he, he befriended mario and he was like i'm gonna play some golf anyway and eventually appeared in mario kart 8 so shut up anyway uh th- there are lots of uh like mario characters on the scoreboards who don't appear in this game like lots of drones and stuff but the most fascinating one is the character toadster do you know who toadster is david um nope no so when i was playing this back in 2003 i just assumed toadster was like some like yoshi's island baddie or something or uh some some character from paper mario but toadster is a character exclusively from the super mario adventures comic he was a uh, a mushroom retainer who worked for Princess Toadstool alongside Toad. But Toadst- Toadster had a funky little mustache. And um, apparently someone remembered Toadster. Um, and I, I, I know this is in more than just the English localization, which of course came out first in the Americas. Um, it appears in other languages. I don't know if it made its way into J- the Japanese version, but Toaster does appear in the European version. Um, but yeah, I, I think somebody, uh, putting the names in there was a fan of the Super Mario Adventures comic and thought, I'm going to softly canonize the character of Toadster. Like that would be the equivalent of somebody putting in Bluster Kong. Um, in, in a little reference in the next Donkey Kong game or something, um, that that kind of thing. So it's fascinating. Toadster. Pay more attention to the leaderboards. Maybe I could have missed a reference to Stanley the Talking Fish from the uh, Super Mario Brothers comics. Yeah, maybe Mouser. That's how Mouser could have gotten back in there, given his great importance from the Super Show. Uh, or maybe Elvira. Elvira appeared in the Super Show. I would love to see her in there. Anyway, uh, Dave, did you know there was an exclusive version of Mario Golf Toadstool Tour sold through Target, Target department stores? They had uh, this this big obtrusive like uh, red circle in the lower left corner of of the game case like actually printed on the box art this wasn't like a sticker this was actually on the box art and it said exclusive target bullseye tour included and this creates a lot of confusion nowadays 
all of the all this did was the bundled inside the game case was this little code that you put the code in and would give you access to a special target tour tournament. And they gave out similar codes for things like Camp Hyrule around this time. And it works with... Like, yeah, I think that like Nintendo Power contests it and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it works with any version of Mario Golf Total Tour. So if you bought the game at GameStop like a dumbass like I did, then I could just enter the code, look it up on Game FAQs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not actually like an exclusive build of, of Total Tour. A lot of people think it might be, but it, it'd just be like little custom tournaments that are generated via code. They don't really add anything to the game. But you could, you know, Nintendo could run contests through their website, magazine, what have you. And they did this promotional thing with Target, where Target had this exclusive version of the game. And I didn't know this at the time, because uh, DK Vine was kind of in its own transition state in 2003. We were, like, between the, the post-buyout, post-webcomic you know, webcomic when we left to like make a web comic and then I came back and this was before we've like re- revamped the site into its neon aesthetic and I was really like more involved full time again but I-, I I was kind of a little out of the loop at this time and I bought the game at Toys R Us like a dumbass and um I uh I didn't know about the Target Bullseye tour version of the game and i found this out around 2010 i think and luckily i tracked down this version still sealed uh in 2010 before game speculation became a thing and i was able to get it for just a normal price and uh yeah so you know i have a sick need a very very upsetting ocd part of my brain that requires me to have the best version of a game even if it's all subjective nonsense like this is not a different version of mario golf total tour it comes with a code that you know you can put in even if you didn't get this version of the game like that this this isn't a special version of total tour all total tour versions are the same in your region. They did change the game a little bit in Japan and Europe and Australia from the um the NTSC version, but still, you know, it's it's total tour is total tour. But uh, because I have to have the best version of a DKU game, once I found out about this, I had to track it down. You know, I also had to get the double dash pre-order version with the bonus disc. Luckily, I knew about that. And reserved. Yeah, it I think I got that version. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I pre-ordered it at GameStop, got that version. Yeah, you haven't really played Mario Kart Double Dash unless you played the demo of Sonic Heroes. There's also a demo of like the Ninja Turtles game from around that time in there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the the Target Bullseye Tour, meaningless, but I I do have that. It's on my shelf. Can probably sell it for a lot of money. If I wanted to, but it's a treasured item. It covers Mario's crotch. I don't have to look at his unmentionable parts. So, uh... You mean his feet? <laughs> yeah. The only feet I want to look at are Diddy's prosthetic golfing toes. David, we have a call. 
We have we have a call from a fellow Toadstool Tour aficionado. So why don't we play it and we will wrap this up with our final thoughts. Hey BK Vine, it's Porygon Q here. And I absolutely fucking love Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. It is by far one of my favorite games of all time. There's so much about this game that I adore. The gameplay is flawless. The character roster is unbelievable. There's so many courses and modes. They put Pikmin into the grass. Like, it is one of my favorite games of all time, and easily my favorite cameo game, I think, just full stop. I could talk for hours about how much I love the game, but instead I want to talk about, you know, what this game means to me in terms of my DKU and DK Vine fandom specifically. So, a few years ago, back around the time when I started listening to the conversation, I'd, I'd heard a few episodes, and I, you know, enjoyed what I'd heard, but I wanted to kind of, you know, engage with the community a little bit, but I guess I just didn't know about the forum or anything. So I decided to post a YouTube comment. Um, this was way back in Season 5. I think it was uh, Episode 523, Call Sack, I believe. Now, I could have said anything in this YouTube comment, right? You know, the world was my oyster. I could have done literally whatever. But I decided for my you know, first contribution to just type Mario Golf Toadstool Tour in all caps. Now, the next episode of the conversation, uh, Heil uh, told the co-host, who I believe was Joe Mudd, you know, during their due diligence, he was like, hey, how about you go read some fucking YouTube comments? And, of course... My comment, my random-ass comment, was read, and it was so fucking funny to me that this this random fucking comment was just like, yeah, we're just going to read it. And, you know, the whole thing was just very kind of, like, irreverent but not, like, condescending at all. And it was just, like, it just really struck me as, like, damn, I I like this. I, I get this. This is really funny. You know, and it's that moment is kind of a big reason why, I have become such a big fan of, you know, DK Vine and both DKU and Donkey Kong in general. You know, like right now, you know, I'm just casually, you know, calling the fucking podcast in a Congo Canopy t-shirt. And, you know, a big part of the reason why I even, you know, became and stayed a fan was because of this random ass fucking moment involving one of the greatest pieces of software ever made. So, yeah, have a good episode. Well, thank you for the call, Porygon Q. And I'm glad you got something positive out of Season 5, which is one of my least favorite conversation seasons. <laughs> I I do not recommend Season 5, just because that was my, like another transition period for the show, and I was trying to find my own voice at the time. I, I kind of like took over his soul main reoccurring host of of the show and i i was kind of unmoored at the time and really depressed and and i i really didn't know how to do dk vine um as sole editor-in-chief and it it was it, it was just a bleak bleak time i started to find my way out of that in season six and i feel like season seven is when the show really started i think turning a page and i i found the confidence i i like to pretend I have today, but anyway, uh, I'm, I'm glad you got something positive out of it. I'm glad it brought some 
light to this dark, dark world. And uh, yeah, Mario Golf. We need to bring back Joe to read some YouTube comments. Yeah, Joe. Joe's Joe's busy these days. Joe. Joe's. Uh, Joe's got a life. Uh, I mean, supposed to read our own YouTube comments now. What the hell? Sometimes I, I, I do read the YouTube comments when I'm feeling bold enough. And sometimes when I'm feeling really anxious, I look away from the YouTube comments. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got something out of season five, which, you know, just like I'm glad we got something out of my early morning ramblings from August 1st, 2003 uh, on this episode. But yeah, Total Tour is great. And uh, looking in on live stream right now... Um, and and Freezer uh, is in, is in the live stream. Hello, Freezer. I've been reading your comments too. I don't I don't avert my eyes from the live stream comments, even when I'm feeling anxious. Uh, <laughs> don't remember what angry Marge Simpson was that referring to? My toad voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of your voices probably because I don't do a Marge Simpson, or unless my Marge Simpson is was my. Daisy? I don't know. But uh, Freezer says, uh, oh, your favorite is the Donkey Kong courses. What a surprise. Well, yeah. Yeah. She also says, World Tour was great. Bring me on for Conversation Season 50 when you get to it. I remember World Tour. We were a little underwhelmed with World Tour. And I think I think the only reason we were a little bit dour when it came to World Tour was that it was the first Mario Golf game in a decade and it wasn't for the console it was a handheld game but it wasn't an rpg and i think that just kind of was a story mode where you plays your me that doesn't count give give me some weird uh, weird weird little boys and little girls who, who want to become the best golfer in the world and eventually meet Mario and Donkey Kong and uh, beat them at golf. Give me that. Don't give me some half-baked excuse for an RPG. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, th- thank you. Thank you, Freezer and Gibbon, for humoring us in, the, in this maddening, maddening episode. Gibbon, she she points out, it's been an enlightening look at the slice of time around this game's release. Which is, yeah, like, you, you've got these little different eras. And usually here on The Conversation, we talk about the 90s. You know, when, when Donkey Kong Country was king, when Diddy Kong Racing was new, and things were spinning off left and right. Banjo-Kazooie and Conker. And, you know, we usually don't talk and celebrate this post- buyout era period especially when it relates to nintendo as much we're gonna start doing that a little bit more as we hit all these big 20th anniversaries but you know well, well, we can't do that because then we got 25th anniversaries <laughs> don't worry we'll find a way to come back yeah, and talk that's a, about that's it a quarter on. centuries yeah yeah well we We'll, we'll, we we usually start with the spotlights and then we go to why blank still matters or 25 years of blank don't worry 30th anniversaries uh don't don't worry david i have ways to reheat the same content again and again and again not 35 nobody cares about 35 i think you stick to decaversaries by that point yeah yeah but you know like mario golf total tour i know 
it took us 11 seasons to get to a spotlight for it, but it is probably my favorite of the non-RPG Mario golf games. And if I'm honest, I would probably pick this up and play this over any RPG game. I have to be in the right mood to get into those RPG games. With this, I could just pick it up and start whacking balls as Diddy Kong. And that's always a terrific time. You know, I've never disliked any of Camelot's Mario Golf games. Uh, but I think Toadstool Tour was just the perfect blend for me of just this extreme polish visually and I, I think mechanically from where the uh, N64 game first like introduced the core concepts. And it brought in just enough new Donkey Kong content to make me vastly more invested in this than I ever was Mario Golf for the N64. Now, I did enjoy World Tour Freezer for the 3DS. Uh, I, I did enjoy that, ultimately. And I enjoyed Mario Golf Super Rush for the Switch. But I just don't think either are quite as, in my opinion perfect as Toadstool Tour. And look, I, I'm not the only one. Pro golfer Gary McCord agrees with my opinion. And and pro golfer Gary McCord isn't the real identity of Porygon Q. No, I know this because pro golfer Gary McCord actually mentioned and lauded Mario Golf Toadstool Tour in the book Golf for Dummies. <laughs> so he said, like, hey, yeah, here's here's a golf game you should really check out. Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Now I've checked, and pro golfer Gary McCord doesn't seem to be affiliated with the Saudi sports washing organization Live L-I-V. So, uh, he's got that going for him. I know, like, it's now merged with the PGA, so everything's tainted by association. I'm sure, you know, those people are winning, you know, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2023. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like a Phil Mickelson situation where he, he like, jumped ship and, and took the dirty, tainted money. So, yeah, good for you, pro golfer Gary McCord, author of Golfer Dummies. I agree with you. Mario Golf Total Tour is ter- a terrific time. And and yeah, like like I said, I can't stress enough how much being Diddy's first appearance in any cameo game swung my opinion. <laughs> yeah, see, because the golf. But it really was the perfect tonic, the perfect antidote what if a tonic is how he got his extra fingers? <laughs> the tonics weren't invented yet. We didn't... Like, Royston wasn't living with Dr. Puzz yet, so there was no way for Vendy to to get a, get introduced to Banjo, who would then introduce her to Diddy. Do the math, Plus, David. that could cause problems if he doesn't have enough tonic slots. So. Right, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, but th- this was the antidote to get me over the cameo game blues, to get me excited about them again. It, what was Diddy in it? If he was, then I'd be excited about it. And that's really kind of still the case today, to a certain extent. 
you know, th- this was that scary post-buyout era where we didn't really know about the future of Donkey Kong. And you saw it in my forum post from early morning, August 1st, 2003, where I was making these comments like, if we ever see Dixie again, because we didn't know. Like, we didn't know what the future held. So... And now Dixie shows up in Mario Kart games for the telephone. And and in Lego form. So, but we didn't know back then. Jamming with squawks. Jamming with squawks. I, I look over as if you can see uh, the Lego setup. I have. Well, people were upset on the last episode when I mentioned that Dixie, Dixie Kong's Jungle Jam was the lowest selling of the four. Well, like I said, that was just a snapshot of the first weekend. It looks like... She's now edging out Rambi. So Rambi is the worst selling of the four at this moment. And Dixie's now in third place, which breathe a sigh of relief, people. Uh, this situation is changing on the ground. DK Vine will give you up to the minute reports on how well Lego Donkey Kong sets are selling as we learn more. But anyway, um, yeah, th- like everything was in flux here. And just to have Diddy is in. It's const in this game, really just like firmly as Donkey Kong's partner. It it meant a lot, especially once that mistranslated Jungle Beat interview run by IGN, you know, hit the scene. Then we were starting to question it, you know, what Diddy's future would be because Diddy wasn't. I mean, at the time, the banana was the only Lego. (laughs) (laughs) And, And, you know, I think that would be in question. Uh, if, if it wasn't fully resolved by Super Smash Brothers Brawl, then it was definitely in 2010 in Donkey Kong Country Returns. But, you know, just any appearance of Diddy during this era that was filled with a lot of misconceptions and, uh, and, and fraught worrying was, uh, was welcomed gladly. So, so Toadstool Tour was, was just so terrific. And for, as decent to good as many of Camelot's games have been since then, I honestly, you know, don't know. And Mario Tennis for the Wii U, but well, I, you know, yes, yeah. Well, I, I'm putting that at the low end of decent, yeah, it's, even it's, though you know. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's perfectly functional. It's it's functional, tennis yes. But game. I I honestly don't know if. Either golf or tennis. Freezer might disagree, since she's a World Tour fan. But I don't know if either have hit the same highs as they did in this GameCube and Game Boy Advance era. Like, there have been improvements, there have been tweaks, and there are things that are definitely worth checking out. But I feel like the total package has always left me slightly colder than than these four games for, for golf and tennis. Um, left me at the time. And, and I don't think that's nostalgia talking since this is just beyond the warm, glowing blinders of my childhood, like everything from the 90s. Like, th- this is from... I mean, that was during the period when we hated everything. Yeah, this is when I hated everything, when I was becoming a grumpy adult and it scared me. And yet I love Toadstool Tour. I love Mario Power Tennis. So... Maybe it's just how homogenized I feel like the series has become, especially without Camelot's quirky original characters in the base game or, you know, Wondering In via supplementary handheld RPG. I don't know, but, it you know, this 
I, I think was just the sweet spot between where it started off and where it eventually grew. And, and I love it dearly. But then again, if Camelot adds Dixie or Brash Bear to Mario Golf, Live and Let Die in 2028, then I will put up with any rushed or incomplete features at launch or any mediocre gameplay and say that this Mario Golf game is the best. Donkey Kong fans are known to be able to do that, so long as the graphics are good. This has been a File 2 production. Hey, Rico.